be a great weekend of college basketball. Thank you for listening. Andrew Shapiro, David Carlson, good night, and go blue. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's it? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday evening at 6.30. Tonight, something very special, a conjugation, a combination, a conflagration, if you will, of bacon and time travel. Hey, check it out. This guy's nuts. We'll get to that in just a moment. Who said that? But first of all, something very important you should know about. Well, first of all, congratulations to the city of Ann Arbor for breaking a record. It, is, it has been 2013 to 2014 has been the snowiest winter in Ann Arbor history. Yeah! I have actually gotten a kick out of that in some of the crazy weather, you know. Having said that, I've proven over and over again that I am a hearty Midwesterner, and I'm done. I'm ready for spring. Okay, having said that, now this other very important piece of news about food and about helping kids. So these are all good things. This this is exciting. The first annual Worst Challenge, that's W-U-R-S-T, will be held next week at this time, roughly, like Thursday, March 20th at 7.30 p.m., really, at the Worst Bar in Ypsilanti, W-U-R-S-T. The event is a fundraiser for Fly's Creativity Lab in downtown Ypsilanti, it will pit sausage-loving philanthropists, including folks like Ypsilanti Mayor Paul Schreiber, against an imposing 20 feet of freshly made bratwurst. Prizes will be awarded to the challenger who raises the most money, the one who consumes the most bratwurst, and the audience favorite, that being the individual who will attack his or her brat with the greatest sense of style, man. The Worst Bar will provide tofu apple bratwursts for non-carnivores, by the way. This is the truth. And about Fly Children's Art Center, which is the recipient here since 2009, it's provided hundreds of kids with hands-on creative experiences in free after-school workshops across Washtenaw and Wayne counties. The Fly Creative, the Fly Creativity Lab, launched last year, brings interdisciplinary workshops, camps, and events to area kids. So find out all about this stuff at worstbaripsy.com, W-U-R-S-T, baripsy.com. Now, of course, St. Patrick's Day is coming up on Monday, perhaps somewhere in a bar at about uh, 7 in the morning. Somebody will be singing this song, just belting it out. There stands the glass That will ease all my pain That will settle my brain is my first one today The stains of glass That will drown all my fear That will hide all my tears Brother, I'm on my way I'm wondering where you are tonight 
The wonderful Ted Hawkins, and there stands the glass from his album, The Next Hundred Years. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture and time travel and bacon. Honestly, this makes a lot of sense, sort of. What you're about to hear for the rest of the show is a Pandora's Lunchbox show from 2011. Thanks to the magic of time travel, you're going to be able to hear that with your ears. You may hear references to, you'll be eating bacon tomorrow. Now, if you're a member of religious domination, that domination. If you're a member of religious domination, I'm scared. If you're a member of a religious denomination that eats bacon only on Fridays, this will be very appealing to you. Otherwise, just to let you know, this was a show that preceded a WCBN bacon party in 2011 that was open to the public. But you can only go to that party if you go back in time, right? You ready? Huh? Okay. As they say in the future. Put on your seatbelts, we're going back in time. Did he just say, as they say in the future? Here we go, time machine on the ready. Here we go. 2014, 2013, 2012, 2011. March 2011. Bacon! All my friends was uh, glad to see me Seen some down by the railroad track Seen some cotton pickers with their sacks on their backs 
They say, man, glad to see you back. We got a new dance they call uh, Bacon Fat. It goes. Oh, have mercy. Help yourself, young. Then you go. Oh, but the chicken was never like this. Now then I went down to see my local DJ His name is Kane, he lived down Tennessee way I said, hey man, what's this new kind of jump? Well you wind up twice and then you end up with a bump He said, dig daddy, this is a natural fact It's a sweep in the south That thing, the bacon fat You go Oh, have mercy Entertain the people, youngin Oh, help yourself Oh, have mercy Play it good, now play it good. Have mercy. Please have mercy. Thank you, Andre Williams. And that is the bacon fat, Mr. Andre Williams, Mr. Detroit. Get out your bacon spectacles. They don't have to be made of bacon, but it wouldn't hurt. What is the origin of the phrase, saving one's bacon, you must be wondering? This from the phrase finder. In this phrase, bacon represents the person's body. This is very enlightening. The Oxford English Dictionary defines to save one's bacon as to escape injury to one's body, to keep oneself from harm. The earliest example it quotes is dated 1691. The word here could derive from bake. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I just threw that out there. B-A-E-C, which is Old Dutch and Anglo-Saxon, both, for the word back. However, like many sayings, there are other suggestions as to the origin. The most likely of these is that in the early 17th century, bacon was thieves' slang for escape. Alternately, alternately, otherwise, Brewer suggests that it may mean the sides of home-killed bacon that every peasant family would have hanging up in the house. This would have been valuable property, and if you or someone else saved your bacon from fire or theft, you would have had a narrow escape. So there it all is. But there are more words about bacon we need to understand. Records of bacon being made go all the way back to around 1500 B.C. in China. Bacon was also popular with the Greeks and Romans. And I found a plethora of words as to the origin of bacon. We've just heard some. B-A-E-C, bake, which is Old Dutch and Anglo-Saxon for back. Says on foundout.com, the word derives originally from the old High German bako, meaning buttock, <laughs> which in turn derived from the Proto-Germanic bakos, meaning back. 
By the early, by the 14th century, it found its way into Old French as bacon, meaning back meat, and by the 16th century, it found its way into Middle English as bacon, which referred to all cured pork, not just the back meat. Now, here's a bit of controversy here because we like to stir these things up. What is the origin of the phrase bringing home the bacon? This is very important. Now, on the website about.com, which rhymes with foundout.com. No, actually, this is called todayifoundout.com. That's what we were just looking at. Now, on the website about.com, it says here, bringing home the bacon, in the 12th century, a church in the English town of Dunmow promised a side of bacon to any married man who could swear before the congregation and God that he had not quarreled with his wife for a year and a day. A husband who could bring home the bacon was held in high esteem by the community for his forbearance. And so we have the origin of the phrase, bringing home the bacon. We will have a competing origin in just one moment here. But in the meantime, we need to hear a little more bacon music, I think. That's what I think we should do. This is Mike Doty. And I'm not sure who his collaborator vocally is on this one. I couldn't find out on the disc. But here he is with uh, what you're going to have tomorrow, which is... More bacon than the pan can handle. Fugitives and the galleons I go. More bacon than the pan can handle. Emperors and the salamanders. More bacon than the pan can handle. Nuggets and the heliotropes of gold. More bacon than the pan can handle. Bartic games and the ocean liners. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. Poor quoi. Utility man. Aqua Utility man. Utility man. State to grace and the ginger root of gold. More bacon than the pan can handle. Motionless than the circumstances. More bacon than the pan can handle. Overland and the easternmost of gold. More bacon than the pan can handle. Hoop skirts and the bubble of strangers. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. Or quoi. Utility man. Aqua. Utility man. Utility man, There's a little gift to it, there's a little gift to it, there's a little, there's a little gift to it, there's a little gift to it. Utility man, utility man, utility man, more bacon than the pan can handle. Better the devil you know. Well, what other better devil is there but better bacon? A moment ago we talked about how bringing home the bacon was originated in the 12th century. A husband who could bring home the bacon was held in high esteem by the community for his forbearance, for he had not quarreled with his wife for a year and a day. That is the comprehensive and absolute truth. That's where the phrase, bringing home the bacon, comes from. Unless this is from todayifoundout.com. The phrase, bringing home the bacon, has been around since the early 20th century and was initially used primarily by the working class, with bacon being a staple meat for that class. Oh, that class, I tell you. So it's either formed in the 12th century or the 20th. Now, this is important, though. The patron saint of bacon, St. Anthony the Abbot, he's also the patron saint of swineherders, butchers, epilepsy, amputees, shingles, gravediggers, hermits, lost items, 
and Canas, Brazil. I wish I knew what that was so I could tell you. But this is actually very important from todayifoundout.com. Bacon actually is good for the brains of unborn children. That's what it says. Bacon contains a nutrient called choline, which has been shown to boost the intelligence of people if they got a lot of it before they were born. So... This is National Bacon Week in Australia. We, we all knew that, I know. I saw that on australianpork.com.au. This week aims to educate on differentiating bacon made of Australian pork from those made of imported pork and encourage bacon lovers to explore the wide variety of meal opportunities that premium Australian bacon can provide beyond the weekend breakfast. More than $10 million worth of imported pork meat arrives in Australia every week, Countries like Denmark and Canada have highly subsidized agricultural industries and such are able to import, able to export frozen product in enormous amounts destined for manufacturing small goods such as bacon and ham. Now, you're advised to look for the square pink Australian pork mark as a guarantee of Australian origin when buying your bacon. A word from our sponsor. Oh, more beers are here. Yay, more beers. Thanks, man. Thanks, eh? <clears throat> okay, good day. That's our roadie, cause like now that we have an album, we're we we uh, we have roadie, and we're getting an equipment van, and uh, like there will be twelve tractor trailer loads full yeah, of equipment, uh, bringing uh, our Coleman and our openers, our beers, uh, and fifty million pounds of back bacon when when oh, we're. Oh yeah, fifty million. Take off. Okay, five million pounds of back bacon, and we'll come on tour right. like uh, Peter Frampton. One year, one year, when bacon was scarce and us having none, we saddled our horses and shouldered our guns. Straightway to the wild woods we did steer to kill off the wild hogs and drive in the deer. Well, when we got there, we rambled a while. We looked at each other but gained for to smile. Saying these ain't the same hogs been here before. The old blue sow and the blacklisted boar. The old blue sow jumped up to her feet for to run. We fought, she fell for Bob Porter's old gun. The cowhide will crack and the waters will roar. Your back it will ache till it's perfectly sore. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you to our special friends there, our special guests. There were Bob and Doug McKenzie talking about arguing over bacon. There are a lot of arguments over bacon as to who is the true patron saint of bacon, what is the origin of bringing home the bacon, and who, how many how many pounds of back bacon will be there tomorrow? That's the question. Uh, we also heard some music there from the Red Clay Ramblers. Fortunately for us, they did a tune by the name of When Bacon Was Scarce, and they created a medley with the tune Rye Straw. We heard both of those just now from their album Twisted Laurel. Now, bacon comes in many forms, including people. One of them was Francis Bacon, born 1561, died in 1626. He was an English philosopher, statesman, scientist, lawyer, jurist, author, and father of the scientific method. He served both as Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England. Although his political career ended in disgrace, he remained extremely influential through his works, especially as a philosophical advocate, practitioner of the scientific method, and pioneer in the scientific revolution. But perhaps most importantly, he died for food. An influential account of the circumstances of his death was given by John Aubrey's Brief Lives. I love that book. Aubrey's account portrays Bacon as a martyr to experimental scientific method. It has him journeying to Highgate through the snow with the king's physician, blasted snow, when he's suddenly inspired by the possibility of using the snow to preserve meat. They were resolved they would try the experiment presently. They alighted out of the coach and went into a poor woman's house at the bottom of Highgate Hill and bought a fowl and made the woman exenterate it, which we're all familiar with. After stuffing the fowl with snow, Bacon contracted a fatal case of pneumonia. Some people, including Aubrey, consider these two contiguous, possibly coincidental events as related and causative of his death. There's another famous Francis Bacon, a painter born in Ireland to English parents. He was a figurative painter known for his bold, austere, graphic, and emotionally raw imagery. Margaret Margaret Thrasher... Margaret Thatcher famously described him as that man who paints those dreadful pictures. And how's that for an endorsement? So, two, two mighty fine bacons. That bacon, hold on down the street. If you put the meat in the skillet, the bacon fucking on down the line. All the huckleberry baby flock together. If you float on down the lane. Call it back bacon, back bacon song. When everybody minds the song of tomorrow, back bacon song. When they cry, let my heart be yours. That's why they call it the back bacon song. Tell you to put the bacon in the stove in the skillet. The flea got separate. 
So the crow, he wanted to eat it all up. So the flea said, no, we all eat. So all the justice, they, they put this meat in the skillet, the, the, the crowd quiet, and the meat went down the drain. So justice, the possum went to eat it. They left and said, get back, don't be so selfish, flea. <laughs> Let's all eat. And roll away, hug on the baby all day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Shaky Jake. Always with us wherever we go. Now, I want to read a bit of Bacon poetry from a cowboy poet, which is mostly absolutely wonderful with just a few moments of uh, dubiousness, a couple of rather dubious lines, but about uh, 30 lines of delicious, sizzling, great Baconosity lists. This is from the website Porkopolis.org, which we often consult, I know. This was written by Badger Clark. Badger Clark, Charles Badger Clark Jr. to you, lived from 1883 to 1957. He wrote cowboy poetry. He parlayed four years of cowboy life on an Arizona ranch into a 40-year career as America's most successful cowboy poet. A longtime resident of South Dakota, mostly in the Black Hills, Badger Clark was named Poet Laureate of that state in 1936. So, this is Badger Clark and his poem by the name of Bacon. Again, there are a couple of dubious lines you'll find out, but most of them... Anyway. You're as salty and greasy and smoky as sin, but of all grub we love you the best. You stuck to us closer than the nighest of kin and helped us win out in the West. You froze with us up on the Laramie Trail. You sweat with us down in Tucson. When Injun was painted and white man was pale, you nerved us to grip our last chance by the tail and load up our colts and hang on. You've sizzled by mountain and mesa and plain over campfires of sagebrush and oak. The breezes that blow from the plat to the main have carried your savory smoke. You're friendly to miner or puncher or priest or the patron saint of uh, bacon. Sorry. You're friendly to miner or puncher or priest. You're as good in December as May. You always came in when the fresh meat had ceased and the rough course of empire to westward was greased by the bacon we fried on the way. This is true. And here's, here's the line I just have to say. We've said that you weren't fit for white men to eat. This country is an interesting country. And your virtues we often forget. We've called you by names that I daren't repeat, but we love you and swear by you yet. Here's to you, old bacon, fat, lean streak, and rind. All the Westerners join in the toast. From mesquite and yucca to sagebrush and pine, from Canada down to the Mexican line, from Omaha out to the coast. Bacon! Thank you, Badger Clark. This is WCBN. I've been Mike for a while, and you've been listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. Let's wrap it up now with something that is a sentiment that we all feel about you. Here is Lewis Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. You, you listening now, you, you're my meat. This is WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor.
outside in and inside out, you're my meat. Ah, you're fat and forty, but naughty, you're my meat. From your feet to your head, you knock me dead, you're my meat. I got you covered, but baby, you're my meat. In the days of old, when nights were bold, they were pious and modest, I'm told. Don't you see that couldn't be me? I'd have to talk about your yams and your big fat hams. It excites me so because I know you're my meat. Fat and forty, but lordy, you're my Thank you, Mike. And you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. It's seven o'clock and it's time to face the music. Arwolf Arwolf is away this week. My name is Weston Hughes and it's my honor to host while he is out. Our program tonight is dedicated to phonograph records made between 1913 and 1936, beginning with this performance by UB Blake in 1921. This is Sounds of Africa. <laughs> 